Hello and welcome to Wrestling Recall, episode number 5. Um, there's been no podcast for the past months, so I'm sorry for that, but now I'm back. Uh, the This episode is going to be released on a Thursday, but I'm trying to get back to, to the last channel, so next Wednesday probably there's going to be a podcast. If not... Thursday again because I'm I'm out of town Monday and Tuesday so I don't know when I will be able to see Raw um, if I'm and if I'm able to talk about it um, this past month a lot of happened and I haven't commented on that so this episode will be kind of seeing what happened when, in my absence just the important points I'm not gonna talk about uh, Rosa Mendes squirty flowers and orange swoggle and the great Kali that that thing that doesn't matter so I'm going to talk about the important thing the, the things that stood out for me in Raw and TNA Impact and it's pay-per-view week so there will be a review of Final Resolution not a match my batch review but just the major points of what happened and what I think it's important going forward I'm going to start with that because in pay-per-view week I always start with the pay-per-view so there will be no difference uh, in the, in the in this podcast. Final Resolution was an okay pay-per-view in my opinion. I don't think it stood out uh, amongst this year's best but it was competent I guess. There was no big moment or anything that really stood out but it was competent overall. No booking decision really um, get on my nerves, apart from Brooke Hogan interviewing in the match between uh, Bully Ray and Austin Aries. I think that was kind of cheesy, but it's expected because it's part of the storyline. I just think that those two have great chemistry together, and it would be better if you let them go to a natural finish. But this is not end of the feud, so... Uh, I, I'm hoping that the last match between them is a little more intense, a little more personal, and without Brooke Hogan or Hulk Hogan being a part of it. Like, really far away, there's no need for it. Um, now, going that match, uh, just just I'm commenting on that, so I'll, I'll better finish. That match was really good. I think they have great chemistry together, as I said. And Austin Aries is really one of the best performers of his generation and maybe in today's spectrum and and TNA and and WWE scenarios really stood out. His in ring style is very characteristic. Is <laughs> is he has his own thing. He does his own thing, and he actually connected well with Bully Ray. Bully Ray is a bigger man, and he has seen a lot of improvement throughout the year, and it really showed in this match. They re really brought out the best in each other, so I think I want to see more of that. If it's going to continue, I want to see more of that. I don't want to see Hulk Hogan on it or Brooke Hogan. I, I really don't want the Hogan's near my wrestling matches. So let's see how it goes. I just think it was a good start for this rivalry, and I hope to see more Mointes. I think the blood was really not needed. Because suddenly Bullet Ray is bleeding and he was obviously a blade job. He just goes through the stairs and suddenly he's, it seems like he went on a car crash. He's bleeding heavily. It was not needed. It, I mean, it would be good, in my opinion, to save the blood for 
the next match or the final match of the um, the rivalry being it more intense. Still, I mean, it, it was not. A, I don't think it was necessary, and it was a really bad blade job because it was very obvious that it he didn't bleed from the from the stair crash. Now, this was one of the best matches of the pay-per-view, being probably my favorite. Second favorite uh, needs to be Daniels and Styles, which I don't think it was as good as the Destination X match. Destination X for me was a really, really good match. Maybe it's top five of the year, probably, if I have to make a list. And I will make one, just not yet. I will make a list after TLC, which, but I doubt that some any match from TLC will enter that list, but that's another point. I think the match at Destination X should have been the, the end of this rivalry, because it was so damn good. I mean, there's really, that finisher on the table, I mean, was amazing. And we didn't see anything of that substance in this match. It was less intense, which shouldn't be because it, it was going to be the last match of the rivalry so it should be should have been an all-out war i didn't feel like it i felt like it was a normal match between the two there was really no ice stakes on the table they didn't leave it all on the battle on the battlefield so i'm inclined to say that Destination X was a way better match and because of that this match suffered there was really high expectations to see a match of the level of the match of Destination X, and we didn't see it. So I'm gonna say a little disappointed about this match, and it was not as good as should be. Still, Daniels and Styles is always a winning combination, so it was a good match. Probably his expectations were way high, and they just didn't. Uh, didn't connect that expectation. Still a good match and probably the second best of the card uh, behind Bully Ray and Austin Aries. The rest of the card was underwhelming to say the least. And the first match I have problems with because booking a match in the day of the pay-per-view for me just doesn't work. You book, you have a TV show every week to book the matches for the pay-per-view. Why are you making matches while the pay-per-view is running. I mean, you pay for the pay-per-view and suddenly, oh, there's a new match in here that I really don't care about. And it takes time from the actual matches that you paid to see. And in this match was not... I mean, it was kind of crap. So, it really didn't win anything by having it. And without no build-up and no reason whatsoever to exist, it just was a bad start for the pay-per-view. And it really didn't improve in the second match, which I think was Rob Van Dam versus Kenny King, which is a shame because I actually tweeted this, but I think Kenny King and Rob Van Dam, it's a dream match. But the problem is Rob Van Dam doesn't care. He's just, he's slow, he's clearly not interested in wrestling, and he is a champion of your company. So, why are you giving him this opportunity, this championship, when you have guys like Kenny King... Even Zima Ayan, which are motivated young young dudes, which, of course, uh, are very talented and very athletic and very much interested in making the best of this uh, situation. When And you are giving your title to a guy which is way past his prime, which is slow, and he doesn't care. I mean, I like Rob Van Dam. I, when he won the WWE Championship, 
I marked, all right, it was amazing. But right now, he is just a, a shadow of his former self. He's not interesting in the ring because he's so slow, it's so sloppy. It really, uh, for me, just is killing the X Division. Uh, because you are having this guy when you have this guy is your champion when you have, when you have guys like Kenny King which I real I'm really a big fan of Kenny King I think every time he enters the ring he just shines and he made the best out of wrestling with someone that clearly doesn't care and there was some cool spots but uh, I repeat Rob Van Dam is way too slow to make any a quick uh, match interesting and he's trying to do this quick style back and forth and he just doesn't connect because he's just slow and uninteresting and you you look back to his career and you you know this guy's a great performer he's really over with the with the crowd but unfortunately he's at that stage where he just doesn't care so I don't know why he's still there I guess maybe they can put him TNA can give him a job a backstage or something like that because as a wrestler he's not contributing to the product he's devaluating the title he is actually damaging Impact Wrestling I think yes he's a big name but I mean you should be building new guys that are clearly superior in, at this stage meaning Kenny King I want to see Kenny King as, as X Division Champion I really think he has what it takes to be it but as long as you are pandering to your old guys, then I don't think you're going to get far. So this is my thoughts on a Rob Van Dam and Ken King. Uh, apart from that, you have the main event, which I need to comment, but it's really not interesting, because Jeff Hardy uh, really is not an interesting wrestler to see, unless he's a letter match. Like, I previously um, really complimented the Austin Aries uh, Jeff Hardy letter match. I think it was amazing. It was really, it's not top top five of the year, but it's really close. It was a really good match, in my opinion. And that's clearly the place where Jeff Hardy shines. But you are making him wrestle a classic match, one-on-one, and he doesn't deliver like he should in that type of match. The problem here is not Rude, because Rude, Bobby Rude is one of the best performers on TNA, and he's one of the best heels in the business today, and it's not on his behalf that's the problem, the problem is Jeff Hardy, he's really a bore to watch, he's not interesting at all, he, I mean you can just see his entrance with this weird mask and you are thinking what the hell is this guy thinking, I mean he's supposed to be the face of the company and he's Wearing this alien robo mask to the ring and people are buying it. What? He just doesn't look credible. He doesn't look. That guy doesn't look like he should be the champion. And I'm not saying it's because of size or anything. Because he doesn't look. It just looks like he's there to weird out everybody. And clearly that championship was only given to him because the TNA is afraid that they uh, he will leave. And he's a he sells a lot of merch. And it's clearly over, so they are just pandering to him and giving him the championship. When you have guys like Rude and Austin Aries, and even Storm, and believe I would put a way better program than Jeff Hardy. You have guys that are clearly, clearly ready to main event status, and you are pushing them down because you want to pander to Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy is not interesting at all. 
uh, I mean, that old segment with his thoughts, that's completely cheesy, and it seems like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right in a wrestling show. Uh, I mean, suddenly you are doing his thoughts, how doesn't that even make any sense? It's supposed to be like, wrestling programming is presented as this type of reality show. And on reality shows, you are listening to thoughts of the contestants? I don't think so. And wrestling is supposed to be, uh, the idea, kayfabe-wise, it's supposed to be real, it's supposed to be those guys that are stuck in this ring, battling each other and not liking each other. And, I mean, if you want to go to his thoughts, you should maybe cut to him talking to a camera and, I mean, posing his thoughts on, on the guy just cutting between shots. Maybe that would work better than just listening to his thoughts, which just sounds weird. Uh, pretty much like everything Jeff Hardy does right now, it's just weird. It's not interesting or entertaining-wise, it's just weird. And this match was really nothing worth talking about. I don't remember uh, particularly anything interesting that stood out to me, apart from the ending where uh, Aces and Aces attacked uh, both of them. I think both of them, I don't recall. But I know they attacked someone. And it was supposed to be this big ending cliffhanger. Bobby Roode pay them and they betray them. Uh, will this mean that Bobby Roode will face against Aces and Aces? I have no idea. If that's the point, I think it's a really good angle. Faces and eels together against the greater evil. I think that's actually a good storyline to pursue. I don't know if they're going with that. I uh, today is Thursday, but Impact has not premiered here. It's not premiered yet because of time differences. Uh, and I'm going to see, wait and see if they are going to pursue that path. If they do, I think it's interesting. I think it could really benefit the product, and I would, I would like to see that angle: eels and faces together against aces and eights, because. Truth be told, Aces and Edge right now, the only purpose they are serving is to put guys out when those guys need to do things outside TNA. That's pretty much everything they are good for. They took out um, Eric Young because he needed to do his program. Same thing with Magnus because he needed to go act on England. Uh, that's pretty much all they... I don't think... I don't know Elijah Burke why he's out. Uh, maybe because he's Elijah Burke and they don't really care about him. Or the Pope... Uh, but apart from that, they are just giving vacation to guys. Or making them go work at another place if they want to. And yes, kayfabe-wise, that's not what it's happening. They are re really threatening. But I just feel like that's what it's happening right now. It's they are being served to put guys on vacation. And um, But yeah, kayfabe-wise, I think they are working, kind of. Um, they are just haven't made really big changes, big drastic changes. I think it would be cool to really change the way your program works because you have these rogue guys in there, change the intro, change, I don't know, change the format of the program. I think it would be really cool since now they have access to TNA. Maybe you give them more access and let them control the program and really create this dark vibe on the impact zone. Uh, you change the lights, you make them book matches and unfairly to everybody and you make them like make them do a pay-per-view that's rogue, that's different. I think that would be very cool just to change the system a little bit. Because if you think about it, you now have 
this type of guys that enter and exit at all times and do what they want, but they are treated like they are part of the roster. I think that's a missed that's a missed opportunity because they are really not wrestlers per se, kayfabe wise. They're just a rogue group of bikers that it's entering the impact zone and it's attacking everybody. But you are booking them in matches. And yes, they have different interests. They don't go for the main role. I think that's pretty cool. But I'd like to see more of that sense that they are not supposed to be there and they are making changes that... I think they're working towards that and I think they succeed in several ways. But I think it would be cooler to push a step further. Really make Impact a really different show because of Aces and Eights. Make them uh, go comment and substitute Tanae and Taz. Make them, I don't know, change, I mean, destroy the, the stage sometimes. I don't know, make something different. Uh, you are They are making it different, but I think pushing a step further would be cool. Like them invading a segment and saying, I'm going to do a promo now because that's how I roll. Or, uh, I don't know. I'm not a booker, but I have some ideas. I think it would be cool. And I would like to see them on Impact. If not, something different, but towards the lines of... Right now, you, we have a biker gang controlling the show. So the, we are going to do biker things in the show. Now, let's see how, how it goes. Of course, I'm uh, looking forward to it. I know they are pushing, as I said, they are pushing towards that. These guys are not wrestlers. And i like to see more of that, so... Uh, putting it uh, simply, that's my thoughts on Aces and Eights. Uh, on the match at the final resolution, since that's what I'm reviewing right now, kind of, I'm saying, yeah, they lost. That was kind of a pain, but I don't know if this is considered spoilers, but if you don't know it, just skip this part, all right? Uh, the thing is, West Briscoe is part of Aces and Eights, so I guess this match will be used to further that or to reveal it. Uh, that would be cool. Although I would like it if in this match it was revealed, like because this match felt like it has no purpose. I mean, they lost against uh, guys that they weren't supposed to lose because Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe are just rookies and they are losing and they are beating. Yes, the help of Cardangle and some Mojo, but still they are beating the Aces and were supposed to be more dangerous and not rookies, but more dangerous guys, more experienced guys, and. Of course, I'm opposed to Garrett Bischoff being in anything re- wrestling related, but they want to push it. I mean, he's son of Eric Bischoff, so he will get pushed no matter what people think of him, and people don't like him. But uh, apart from that, I don't think quite they lost. If the idea is to reveal West Briscoe, and I don't know if Garrett Bischoff is part of Ace of Nights, I'm saying maybe, but West Briscoe, I mean, is pretty much a given at this point. And if they're going to make him be Aces and Ace, why not reveal in this match? And instead of making a match that really doesn't make, uh, doesn't advance anything further, just a match that they lost. So you were making Aces and Ace weak without furthering the um, the storyline. And that's well. That's pretty much my thoughts on final resolution. I know there was a knockout championship match and a tag team match. Both of them really didn't stood out 
and I guess everybody wanted to see Matt Morgan and Hernandez going for it. But I don't, I don't see Hernandez at that kind of a threat if you compare it to Matt Morgan, which is a really big dude. He's really tall, really strong, and Hernandez just doesn't look that imposing when you're comparing it to Matt Morgan. Still, it was not worth talking about. It was, it was They were normal matches. They didn't feel pay-per-view-like or anything like that. Even if the knockouts uh, was better than... Uh, that the tag team one. Tag team one and RVD were pretty much under Storms and Kazarian were the worst matches of the night being Billy Ray and Beret and Austin Aries and Styles and Daniels being the best one. The rest is just in the middle. Nothing really amazing. As I said, this pay-per-view was really meh. It really didn't stood out anything and was just regular affair. Normal pay-per-view. Didn't felt I mean, it didn't feel big or anything, it was just normal. Normal. It's the best way to describe this pay-per-view. Normal. Well, and that's it. I During this review, I talked about TNA and what happened this month, so I guess I'm that's taken care of. Uh, more things that happened, I don't think I really, there's much to talk about about TNA. I... I think I covered all my points, maybe I forgot something that I wanted to say, if not, well, that's it. Moving on to Raw, and just a point that I want to make, Smackdown, I haven't watched Smackdown, I think Smackdown is maybe at its lowest ever, it's just really boring and nothing happens. It's the same matches every week, it's the same storylines every week, nothing really happens. I mean, how many times did Daniel Bryan go on the big shows? Like second or third time, I'm sick of it, I mean, I, I've watched it three times or two times, Big Show destroying Daniel Bryan, well, maybe advance to other things, show me show me more, and maybe build Daniel Bryan, if you are at it, because this old deal of him losing to the Big Show is really not funny anymore, I don't, I don't know who's getting a kick out of it, but it's not funny, you have a tag team champion being booked really weak, and... I mean, he's probably going to win at GLC because he's with Ryback, but still, it's just bad business. It's just so bad. I, I, I have no words to describe how WWE treats Daniel Bryan because that guy is amazing and they are just squandering him in a way and putting him in a comedy j- joke and not letting him wrestle. And if he does wrestle, he just gets beat up. I mean, it's just... It's just unfair, and it's really infuriating for someone that really likes Daniel Bryan, and Bryan Danielson, for that matter. Um, just really infuriating to see every week Daniel Bryan be, being made a joke of, or just getting his ass kicked out. And I don't know if in, at TLC what's going to happen is Daniel Bryan is the guy to get beat up while Kane and Ryback really stood against the Shield. I don't know if that's the deal they are going to be doing. If that's it, I think it's just a waste of one of your better guys. And probably the best in-ring worker uh, today. That's my guess, and I really think he is. Although, if you watch WWE programming, you're not going to think that, because they barely let him show how good he is. They just make him do his routine of kicks and no, 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 no. And that's it. That pretty much sums up every match with Daniel Bryan. And if you watch Over the Limit... You know that that guy is way better than that. I mean, if you watched his matches with Punk and his Extreme Rules match with Sheamus, you will understand why that guy is being really unfairly treated. 
when it comes to matches right now. I don't I don't mind if he loses, but at least let him show what he does because that guy is really good. And I want to see him wrestle. And I think that's the big and I think I say this every week, but let them let him wrestle. That's that's it. I'm not going to go further because this is not the first time that I said this, so I'm going I'm going to advance. The shield. Uh, the shield appeared in the week that I stopped doing podcasting. So I have some comments to do on it. First, how good is to see Dean Ambrose debut? I mean, it's really, it's really great. I it was really caught me off guard. I was not expecting it. I don't think if it was spoiled on on the forums, I I didn't go there before watching uh, the preview and the days the days preceding the preview. So I don't know if if this was spoiled. If anybody talked about it, if they did, well, shame of on the ones who knew because they really lost one of the year's biggest surprises. Uh, the fact that Dave Ambrose, Seth Rollins premiered on TL on um, Survivor Series, and they beat up Ryback. And going forward to that, we have seen some repetition of their act, but we also see some really good promos. And I'm not liking uh, Reigns' promos. I'm not saying I'm not liking him. I like him. I don't like the way he addresses the camera. It seems like he's trying to seduce the viewers, which if you are a woman or if you are gay, that's pretty good because you are being seduced. If you are a heterosexual male, that's just, what the, what the hell is the guy doing? So, it's good if you like men and if you like being seduced by men. If you do not like, it's just weird because it's trying to be menacing, but it just seems seductive. And I'm not attracted to men, so that really doesn't do anything for me. Uh, if it if it's your thing, then I guess your your his promos are cool. I just don't see it as menacing as much as seductive. And I don't know if they're trying to make him a ladies' man. If that's the point, then I guess they're they are being good at it. But if the idea is to be menacing, I just don't feel. I just don't feel it. I feel it because the guy is really big and he's really strong. I don't feel it because of his promo work. And that promo on SmackDown the. Joker-like promo. Uh, that's the feeling I get. It was just seductive to the camera. While um, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were going for a much, a much more aggressive style. Uh, Dean Ambrose specifically, and I'm guessing he's the mouthpiece because he's really the one that that is the best at talking of the three. And I'm 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 glad they are using him as the mouthpiece instead of pushing the other guys to that position because. Dinamos might not be the strongest guy in the group, but he's clearly the best at talking, so they're making him do the talk and being the more aggressive side of S.H.I.E.L.D. I like that, I think it's a good angle to push. And uh, Seth Rollins is really in the middle in terms of uh, talking. I don't don't like him per se as a heel, I think he's a better face, but um, I'm liking his... His promo, his promo work so far is just very regular, very average. Not really studying out, <coughs> but not really breaking everything down. Uh, in terms of in-ring work, of what we have seen, Reigns is really impressive. Roman Reigns, I know he's from uh, Umagas and Rock's family, and that really shows because that those genetics are awesome. He's really... Powerful, he's, he really knows how to behave inside uh, being 
I mean, behaving in terms of being very aggressive and very menacing. And that spear we did at Ryback a couple of weeks back was really impressive. And that's the... I think he's going to be a big star if they treat him right. Uh, it's a gr great start for him, this shield business. And he is a very easy guy to market. It's easier to market Roman Reigns as is to market the other two, all, being Dean Ambrose, the weird type of different guy that WWE really doesn't push that much. And you see it with Punk. If a guy's different, maybe you're not treated as well as if you are this very easily marketable big guy like Roman Reigns is. This is not to say bad of him. I think is is showing that he really has something and he has this it factor attached to him, I think. And only time will tell if WWE knows how to use him or not. Uh, but the same can be said by Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Those three guys are clearly the future of the company and they are really the best thing they have going on right now apart from Punk and if Brian was like that, Brian and you have great guys right right now those uh, five are the ones that I think really stood out but you have guys like Damian Sandow you have Antonio Cesaro and you have a really great new breed of wrestlers probably is WWE doesn't know how to do with Myth Carter and that's really the point that I want to make next is Mid-carding on WWE is really lacking. You have no good storylines attached to the mid-carders. You have the same five guys wrestling each other uh, every week, which is kind of a bore. As I said, you are seeing the same match every, uh, week in and week out. And although they have gimmicks and they are developing personalities, uh, like Antonio Cesaro, which... Some people are not liking it, his gimmick, but I think at least he has something. He's just not regular guy. And although Cesaro is, is amazing to watch in the ring, because that guy is a beast, he's really good uh, on what he does, and that flying uppercut is really good. I, I mean, the first time I saw the flying uppercut, I just thought, oh my god, this guy's going to be huge. If he continues that path, he's going to be huge. And it's not... it's the complete opposite feeling have of Wade Barrett, for example. I think Wade Barrett in the ring is really a bore to have, to watch. He's trying to make bare-knuckle-style wrestling, which I don't think it fits with his opponents or the WWE style. It's a guy that I think has a great look in terms of a heel. I don't think he would work as a face. He's a, he has a great look in terms of a heel, but in the ring, the guy just bores me. It's not interesting. And he really... What's his storyline with? Uh, he has a, a feud with Kofi Kingston, but there's really nothing happening. What happens in every mid-card storyline from the past months is you have two guys, they want the title. Uh, the, uh, your champion wrestles someone, the opponent is sitting at the comment booth, and then he attacks him in the end. And then you change the, per the person, the being the opponent wrestling and the champion sitting in the comment booth and they attack him. That's pretty much everything that happens. There's no... There's nothing. There's no happenings. There's barely any promo work. It's just not interesting. Nothing happens. There's... I mean, they have three hours and they cannot book a, a simple storyline or at least a more advanced storyline because the, sim the basics are there, I guess. They won the championship and they fight because of it. But nothing happens, and I think 
that's the problem with the mid carding is just the same you are seeing the same rivalry again and again and again and again with different guys but it's the same thing although if you are seeing the main event the things are looking up i mean you have a eel faction and you have punk and his respect thing and you have ryback the monster pushing everybody around and everybody's afraid of him and you have actually something interesting going on although in the mid card which i think all the cards should be interesting. If you are saving the best things for main event, then you have two and a half hours of nothing. And that's what Raw, Raw is losing viewers. It's not because of Punk, it's not because of Scene, it's not because of Ryback. It's because you have half an hour of interesting content pushed towards three hours. And although I like Cesaro, and I think Cesaro is a great guy, and I like him seeing wrestle, he's not enough to push interesting content for the, the rest two and a half hours. So you have... Most of the programming sucks and is really lacking content. And then you have half an hour uh, spread throughout the show. You have maybe 15 minutes in, in the beginning and have 15 minutes in the end and the overrun. And all of that, between the beginning and the end, nothing happens. You have Armstrong and Great Kali pandering around. You have the same matches every week. You have guys on the commenting booth attacking the guys that are on the stage. And that's it. And if... I say to someone, hey, yeah, let's watch Raw. I mean, I cannot sell them the product accepting the main event scene. I can just say, yeah, just watch it. Nothing happens. I mean, you could just skip. I saw Raw this week and I skipped most of it. First, Brian barely, I, I think Brian showed up. Punk had like a 10 minute segment. And the rest of it was Big Show and Cena at the main event. How bad is your program that you have to have Big Show and John Cena in the main event? First, we saw that match like two or three times this year. That's the, the first. Second of it, it was never a good match. It was not then, it was not a No Way Out, it was not at uh, SummerSlam, it was not a great match. It was just passable and not really interesting. So you are pushing that as the main event, and I haven't seen the ratings yet. I don't know how many uh, that segment lost or won. But it's really not a good way to finish your show. Or at least to well to promote it as oh it's a main event. Well it's not interesting. I skipped it. I didn't watch the match. I just I knew that something was going to happen in the overrun, and that's what I saw. I saw Chill attacking, I saw Ryback coming in, and that was it. Rest of the show I just skipped it because Alberto Del Rio is a board to watch. And you have Orn Swoggle and uh, Greg Kali, I skipped that too. And you have AJ and Vicky Guerrero having a match. Why would I want to watch that? I mean, there's, it doesn't make any sense, so I skipped that too. And even if we had Brad Maddox, I saw Brad Maddox there, so, well, maybe maybe it's worth watching, but I really know. It, it doesn't make me watch Vicky Guerrero and AJ wrestle. Or wrestle... It's not, it's not wrestling, it's just something that... Um, that sucks. And that was it. That was raw. It was a board to watch. The mid card involves the same four guys. In day week and day out, you have four guys that are wrestling each other. You have AJ uh, doing your crazy thing. And the best part of the show is actually and Ziggler. Ziggler for me was really is is really I always I'll, let me rephrase that. I always liked Ziggler, but these past few weeks, the guy is really showing why he should be. I mean, a winner soon. Yes, he's losing every week, but his promo in the ladder was really cool. I really liked it. It was a really visual start, a great way to start the show. 
and you had the promo the other week with him in the locker room with AJ and him smashing Cena through the bedroom stall. I think that was really cool. But at the same time, you have Cena beating Ziggler. You have Sheamus beating Ziggler. You have everybody beating Ziggler. So, is this supposed to be a threat to John Cena? Cena already beat him, so why are they having a second match? Normally, a rivalry ends with so when someone pins somebody. or It doesn't need to end, per se, but at least comes to an halt. I mean, it, it stops for a few minutes, unless you are Daniels and Styles, which are battling each other for, I, I don't know, how many, how many years. But if it's a normal rivalry, somebody beats someone, it wins. Unless it's in, it's in someone somewhat controversial way, then it has a place to start again or to continue. But if if an opponent beats another one clean in the middle of the ring, why is this continuing? You already show that you are superior to the other guy, you already show that you are better, why is it continuing? I don't get it. I don't think anybody's getting it. Uh, I guess, I don't know what they want to do with this rivalry, but if, if Ziggler wins at TLC, it doesn't matter because Cena beat him, like, last week clean. So, Ziggler wins dirty now. Yeah, wh whatever. Cena beat him clean. It doesn't matter. Cena already proved that he's better, that, proved that he's better than Ziggler. So, Ziggler will just be... I don't know. It will just be... He's just a wheel in the motion of AJ and Cena romance. So you are just devaluating Ziggler, and you are pushing Cena and AJ. Cena is, is a guy that doesn't need to be pushed because he's the biggest draw in wrestling today. But you continue to push him. You just push John Cena, and you make guys like Ziggler look bad. And that's why Raw is in the state that he is. There's no stars because nobody was built, and the ones that was there at any time were fired, and nobody was pushed inside of them. We had... Cena being pushed, which worked. We had Orton being pushed, which didn't work because he still is a bore to watch, he's a bore fast. And you had Alberto Del Rio being pushed to the moon when nobody cares about him. So nobody cares about Alberto Del Rio. He gets no reaction. The ratings are not speaking in favor of him. Still, he gets pushed and pushed and pushed. And that's pretty much the set of Raw. That's why Raw is in its worst. And honestly, just go watch TNA. TNA knows how to make a wrestling product. Raw is not making anything. Uh, you could say they are trying to be entertaining, entertainment, but at least entertainment means that people want to watch it and be entertained. Right now, Raw doesn't do that. They doesn't. It's not entertaining and it's not wrestling. It's not. It's, it's not anything. It's just. It's just the same thing in week in and week out, and that's it. Uh. Well, that's my rambling about Raw. Uh, I guess this podcast is a little short, not really much, but <clears throat> it's a little shorter than the last ones. As I said about channeling, next week I don't know if it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday, but it will be a it, it will exist a new podcast maybe Thursday because I need to catch on Raw and TLC. I won't be able to because I'm not uh, in town. Uh, apart from that. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you like uh, 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 listening to it. If it's if it's your first listen, I hope you come back next week. If it's not, well, I'm glad you're still here. If you like what you're listening, you can 
like us on our on on the blog and tweet us and Google plus us and that's it. I still don't have a Twitter or a Facebook account, but I will do one soon. The blog is totalwrestlingrecall.blogspot.com and this was Wrestling Recall. Thank you and see you next week.